liberal film and TV characters always so annoying? On-screen characters who believe in improving things through progressive ideas are frequently depicted in a pretty negative light, ranging from being obnoxious punchlines to outright villains. I want to wipe that smug expression off your pale, patriarchal Okay, that is enough. For a place that's often derided as being too liberal, Hollywood seems to actively dislike the very idea of wokeness, which for our purposes roughly refers to an interest in social justice and wanting to disrupt the status quo to make the world a better place. These annoying liberal characters are often smug and self-righteous, turning everything into a platform to loudly declare their views. Well, if I wanted the government in my uterus, I'd fill it with oil and Hispanic voters. They're condescending, claiming to support causes while remaining above the people they say they want to help. When I'm with you, I can really let my hair down. Metaphorically speaking, of course, because I'd never have it up in the first place. <laughs> Not a factory worker. And they're insincere. Often they don't even truly care about those causes in the first place and quit at the first sign of trouble. And I hate them. I hate the wetlands. They're stupid and, and wet and there are bugs everywhere. More than anything, they're just irritating. Why is it February and hotter than the devil's booty hole outside? Climate change. We are living in the middle of its disastrous effects. The permafrost in Russia. <laughs> so what are the characteristics of the annoying liberal, and why are films and shows, which tend to be made by a lot of supposedly progressive people, so committed to portraying this hateable character? Here's our take on why movies and TV try to present themselves as being in the reasonable middle by punching at anyone trying to make a change. So you see what you call insanity, we call solidarity. You'd think it would be an attractive quality if a character wants to make the world better, but do-gooder characters are frequently depicted as irritating, hypocritical, and downright wrong. Great, I was wrong. I'm wrong. Is everyone happy? Often, these characters come from a place of privilege and try to present themselves as heroes while mostly ignoring those they're supposedly trying to help. Take lazy Lindsay Bluth on Arrested Development, for whom activism and progressive causes are just a superficial vanity project. I'm protesting the war. There's a war going on, you know? Yeah, I'm the one who told you and you said it happened 10 years ago. Even when the annoying liberal character is generally sympathetic, they're still so superior that characters still love to gang up on them and prove them wrong. Like when everyone at Dunder Mifflin teams up to help Michael humiliate Oscar. I have a computer question. Hey, Oscar? What is it? Can you move aside so that I can ask Michael? All right. Because they're simply fed up with Oscar's show-offy knowledgeability and constant need to be right. Here, Oscar is known as actually because he will insert himself into just about Actually, any conversation to add facts or correct grammar. Britta on Community is another example who's mostly liked by her friends, but her progressive activist side is treated like an annoying quirk they have to put up with and is frequently the butt of the joke. I refuse to give Santa a Christmas list because I didn't want to depend on any man for anything. In their less sympathetic version, these characters are often exposed as hypocrites whose righteous rhetoric is revealed to be hiding cold self-interest, and they go from punchlines to men in many respects, the annoying liberal character who's driven by twisted self-interest is a reflection of the current usage of woke. Though the term has its origins in black culture, in recent years it's become a stand-in for caricatures of left and liberal politics, often tied to the idea that anyone who claims to care about social justice is merely pretending to do so in order to be seen as righteous. But this type of the bad or evil fake liberal has been around for a while. Powerpuff Girls villain Femme Fatale originally makes some reasonable points about gender imbalances 
for superheroes. Female superheroes aren't nearly as revered as male superheroes. But ultimately, she's just another villain who wants an excuse to steal things from the people of Townsville, even when her victims are themselves women. Was Femme Fatale looking out for me when she stole from my bank? Was she looking out for me when she broke my arm? This kind of straw feminist is a whole distinct subtype of the annoying liberal. The hypocritical or fake feminist who benefits from empty girl power rhetoric and is actually destroying women far more perniciously than any man. In a similar vein, movies love to fight against the climate villain, who's motivated by some variation on wanting to stop climate change or preserve our planet and human life on Earth. I am nature's arm. Well, it's not nice to fool with Mother Nature. But they're inevitably revealed to be some kind of monstrous killing machine, so the hero ends up fighting them in order to maintain the status quo and not actually address the core problem. The overall aggression and hostility toward liberal characters is even more striking when you contrast it with film and TV's popular, lovable, or cuddly conservative trope. The cuddly conservative may distinctly express that they don't want to improve the world and are just out for selfish gain. Don't you have faith? I have faith in things I can see and buy and deregulate. Capitalism is my religion. But they're typically depicted as real people we can relate to because perhaps they're living by values or emotions that are recognizable. These characters try to appear tough, so when they get emotional or show their vulnerable side, we're more inclined to like them. I have cried twice in my life. Once when I was seven and I was hit by a school bus, and then again, when I heard that little Sebastian had passed. Even when these conservative characters are clearly ethically compromised, they're presented as being charming and upfront about their self-centered values. Often, the annoying liberal is paired with the lovable conservative so that the liberal can get taken down a peg and the conservative can come out winning the strongest audience affection. Take the sparring between Liz and Jack on 30 Rock, where even though Liz is often right, she's always much more irritating, while Jack is portrayed as disarmingly honest and charismatic. Come on, Lemon, embrace your elitism. What do we we elites do when we screw up. We pretend it never happened and give ourselves a giant bonus. Transgressing boundaries or saying the wrong thing is also often funny. That's why in Hacks, though young comedy writer Ava is usually right in her arguments with her boss, the politically incorrect comedy icon Deborah Vance, Deborah is almost always funnier and more likable. I come from Pilgrim blood. We're very hardy people. Um, not not sure you should be like proud of descending from colonizers. I just like think that tweeted. There's definitely some truth to many of the jokes at liberals' expense. After all, everyone is capable of being sanctimonious and annoying in support of what they believe, and it can be a release to see those qualities depicted on screen. But the consistent choice to depict the impulse to improve the world as hypocritical, evil, or ridiculous is ultimately incredibly damaging. After all, if anyone trying to make the world better is absurd, why should any of us even try? History may change, but history always repeats itself. Excited for the holidays? If you're a small business owner like me, the answer is probably no, right? Managing your orders when the holidays roll around can be such a struggle. There's the production, the packing, and at the end of all that, a lengthy wait in the post office. But what if I told you it didn't have to be this way? This video's sponsor, Stamps.com, has totally changed the way I ship my orders. It's a one-stop shop for shipping and mailing, offering all the USPS and UPS services you already use, but at major discounts. And all you need is your regular computer and a printer. The best part for me is that you don't even need to leave the house. You can arrange for your parcels to be picked up from your front porch, which beats changing out of your pajamas and heading to the post office. It also works seamlessly with all major online store hosts, which saves a lot of headaches. 
So this holiday season, trade late nights for silent nights and get started with Stamps.com today. Sign up with our promo code THETAKE for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. Simply go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code THETAKE. Hollywood is widely perceived to be too liberal and is frequently the subject of criticism for this, so it would seem like a contradiction that liberal Hollywood would spend so much time denigrating liberal characters. But these two facts are actually intimately related. The entertainment industry wants to avoid being perceived as liberal at all costs. It's true that there was a period of time when Hollywood genuinely was a haven for liberals. In the 30s and 40s, leftists like screenwriter Dalton Trumbo did espouse more communist or socialist ideals. No, you make all money you possibly can, so do I. Why shouldn't they? And why can't we help them? Listen to you, the swimming pool Soviet. But during the Red Scare and McCarthy era of the late 40s and 50s, Hollywood was essentially purged of most people who held truly radical socialist or leftist beliefs, unless they were willing to name names. Ilya Kazan is a traitor. He is a man who sold to McCarthy. All of his companions. In fact, Ronald Reagan testified before HUAC when he was the president of the Screen Actors Guild and along with John Wayne played a large role in moving Hollywood to the right. We have done a pretty good job in our business of keeping those people's activities curtailed. Remnants of this fear have stuck around. Ever since then, TV and film has worked hard to insist that even when it advocates for certain policies, it's not like those liberals. This also makes sense from a broader financial perspective. Hollywood's anxiety mirrors a broader concern among politicians and business overall, which works much harder to win over conservatives and hypothetical moderates. I'm Hollywood liberal Don Cheadle, and I support I support Mitt Romney. Mass media is ultimately made by companies that are responsive to shifts in mainstream politics rather than attempting to initiate any strong agenda. Take Disney, which at first refused to take a stance on Florida's homophobic don't say gay bill, then responded to backlash by trying to do the bare minimum, which in turn got it targeted by conservative backlash. DeSantis, a possible 2024 presidential candidate, has slammed Disney as a woke corporation. There's also an extent to which liberal people want to be made fun of. For one thing, they want to distance themselves from other liberals, a trait parodied in one of the most iconic examples of this kind of character, Bradley Whitford's Dean in Get Out. By the way, I, I would have voted for Obama for a third term if I could. It's something of an inside joke to acknowledge that large swaths of the country don't share those same tastes. The television audience doesn't want your elitist, East Coast, alternative, intellectual left wing. Just, just say Jewish, this is taking forever. The film The 40-Year-Old Version explores how white liberal elites crave seeing themselves reflected and mocked in art about topics like racism. Black playwright Rada originally writes a play that's focused on a nuanced black experience of gentrification, but finds herself forced to not only make the suffering of the black characters more sensationalized, but also add an annoying white liberal character to appeal to annoying white liberal audiences. What's a girl gotta do to get some soy milk around here? Similarly, popular conservative characters give liberal audiences the chance to imagine an ideal conservative who simply has different principles but is still fundamentally on the same page, rather than someone who's planning to overturn elections. But it's striking that this subversion of expectations typically only goes in this direction, where the supposedly selfish conservative turns out to be a kind human being with a good heart, and the annoying liberal's opportunity to be more relatable is through softening their stances and embracing friendship with the conservative. Ron, you big, fat, giant sap. That seems unnecessary. 
thankfully there are characters, especially recently, who aren't totally mocked or vilified for engaging in activism or expressing liberal beliefs, but still manage to come across as reasonable people. Jacob on Abbott Elementary is mocked for being a little too earnest and cringeworthy. You know, before I taught here, I was in Zimbabwe. I was doing Teachers Without Borders, and what I learned... Jacob. What did I say about, like, not talking about your time in Africa? But the show is clear that ultimately he's a good teacher who tries hard to connect with his co-workers, and his idealism and desire to contribute are framed as positive qualities. I'm coming out of retirement to save the environment. I like farms because they're rustic, but GMOs don't trust it. Some slightly older characters manage to be positive, too. Leslie on Parks and Rec may have been laughed at for her excessive enthusiasm and paired with a charismatic, cuddly conservative, but over the course of the series, her drive to help people went from being a source of annoyance to being framed as a superpower. The characters on West Wing were almost an exaggerated liberal dream of how smart, caring, and driven progressives could be at their best. But importantly, over the last decade, we've seen a shift toward more characters with liberal values who aren't defined by this, especially in younger generations. In the millennial comedy Broad City, Abby and Alana are progressive and open-minded, and for them, it's just a natural part of their outlook and how they approach everything. I wanted to respect your space, that's why I'm hanging back. That's cool. I respect you respecting me. And while Abby and Alana still have some awkwardness or self-criticism about how they're coming across, you know that you're so anti-racist sometimes that you're actually really racist. For many of today's Gen Z characters on shows like Euphoria or Better Things, what older generations consider woke ideas are just a given. Why do you have to call us anything? I mean, why, why do things have to have labels and be genderized all the time. They've simply grown up believing in things like speaking and behaving respectfully of other people's sexuality or identity, and this isn't something most of them even have to question or debate with each other. Instead, they get to reflect on what gender means to them. At least for me, being trans is spiritual. You know, it's not religious, it's not like for some congregation, it's for me. On shows like The New Gossip Girl, it's also taken for granted that the characters have causes, even if they don't always do the best job fighting for them. This progression is in line with depictions of social movements, which often start out being viewed as incredulous or comical until, as more and more of the mainstream gets on board over time, everyone eventually pretends we supported it all along. It's much easier to make dramatic stories about gay characters after many of the biggest fights in the struggle for gay rights. I'm done living in a world where I don't get to be who I am. I deserve a great love story. Entertainment about racism frequently celebrates the abstract power of simply sitting down and talking to people. You never win with violence, Tony. You only win when you maintain your dignity. Valorizing America's past, dealing with racism without looking deeply at the more complicated problem of the racism Americans still deal with today. And still, other times, feminist icons in movies are women who happen to have been deeply conservative and not even feminists at all. With all due respect, sir. I have done battle every single day of my life. TV and movies take a long time to make and require a lot of funding, so it makes sense that they're usually responsive to changes that have already happened and only really take a stand when the battle's already been won. But it's worth asking, what would things look like if Hollywood actually committed to its supposed ideals and tried to genuinely get out ahead of issues and promote causes that creators believe in? The TV and movies that engage with sincerity would, at the very least, age a lot better. One person's annoying is another person's inspiring and heroic. So, you know, who are we to judge? Thanks for watching The Take. Make sure to subscribe and let us know what you want The Take on next.